Hey moms, welcome to this episode of the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorenda Wilson, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to nine, and 26-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling. Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, a devotional written specifically for homeschool moms, and The Four-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life. I know some of you haven't read that one yet, but if you read The Unhurried Homeschooler and enjoyed it, you will definitely enjoy The Four-Hour School Day because it's like an expanded version of The Unhurried Homeschooler. So you can check out all three of those books on Amazon. You can also find them at my website, DorendaWilson.com, and you can find The Four-Hour School Day at those places I just mentioned. In, and also any of your favorite booksellers. So I am always reminding you all to check out my favorite magazine, and today is no different. Um, I love homeschooling today. Uh, the heart of the magazine, the heart behind the magazine, all the content is just so amazing, and the magazine is just beautiful. So I would love for you to just listen in for a minute to hear a little bit more about that. When it comes to homeschooling, isn't it discouraging to see so much on social media that simply doesn't match your reality? Life is messy. Kids can be exhausting. School doesn't always go as planned. Sometimes we all need some real encouragement, some real, truly practical help. That's one of the reasons I write for Homeschooling Today magazine. The entire team at Homeschooling Today wants you to know that messy, exhausting, imperfect homeschooling is an incredibly beautiful thing because it's real life as we take an unhurried, bold approach to homeschooling our kids. An approach that says, I won't compare my homeschool to others. I'll teach the kids God has given me in the way that he leads me to do it. I want to encourage you to check out Homeschooling Today magazine. It is an amazing resource for the unhurried homeschooling mom. I'll leave a link in the podcast notes uh, linking you back to Homeschooling Today um, if you decide you want to check that out. All right, so today we're going to be talking about basic family budgeting. Now, one of the reasons that I wanted to talk about this is that, uh, let's just be honest, most families actually have to live on a budget. Uh, Many of us are single-income families, and some of us have large families. Uh, My husband and I lived on a modest single income for our family of 10 for many, many years. I can honestly say that I actually love the freedom of being on a budget. I know that might sound weird, but there is such a peace knowing that you're staying within your income limits and not burying yourself in debt. that, That load of debt can be really overwhelming, very hard on a marriage. And so uh, if we can stay out of that, that is uh, absolutely fantastic. But I also love the challenge of being creative in ways to save money. I've always looked at being on a budget as an adventure. I was constantly looking for ways to save money. And I often thought of that quote, a penny saved is a penny earned. So even though I didn't have an income producing job, I could produce income in an indirect way by saving money. And I love that my husband would always remind me of that. He was very appreciative of me uh, finding different ways to save money because he recognized that as an actual addition to our income. 
But I decided today um, in talking about this topic, I didn't want to talk about it by myself. Um, and in fact, this was the inspiration of my good friend, Sarah, whom whom I've had on the podcast before. You might remember the episodes. Um, if you haven't, I'd encourage you to go back and listen because they're just a lot of fun. Um, I'll leave those uh, links in the podcast notes as well. Um, so the titles of those uh, episodes that I did with Sarah are uh, planning your homeschooling with the end in mind, uh, considering your child's personality and your homeschooling approach, and a conversation with two veteran homeschooling moms. So Sarah and I have been friends for a very long time. Our kids are friends as well. We both homeschooled all of our kids, and now almost all of them are grown and gone. And there's just something about walking alongside another homeschool mom for that long. Uh, it really creates bonds that can never be broken. So um, without further ado, I'm going to welcome Sarah. Sarah, thank you for being here today with us. Absolutely. And you say bonds, and I think it's really just because um, we both know where all the bodies are buried, so we have to be friends. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Which we have to stay friends because uh, we each, each of us knows too much. Right, exactly. Exactly. We've shared too many secrets. We know too much right. about each other's children. <laughs> So, and I was laughing because as I'm reading about how, how all of our kids are almost grown and gone, I'm thinking about the fact that before we got on here, you had to tell me that you had to hide out in your bedroom because all the rooms are filled with kids, right? Well, yes, I have, yes. So one, one is currently living back at home for a time and uh, the other one was home for the summer. He is getting ready to move out to college again next week. So um, I didn't see him all week. And so it's, you got to get the, you know, refresh. The lowdown. Yes. Yep, he, he comes at me this morning holding up three fingers. I have three things for you. <laughs> okay, great. Go. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Okay. So the moms might not know you. So maybe tell us a little more about yourself, about, you know, how many kids you have. Um, oh, your kind of intro thing. is always so much better than, than your intro of me is always so much better than my <laughs> intro of me. But um, <laughs> yes, we, my husband and I uh, homeschooled three kids from beginning to end pretty much. Um, and he and I actually just celebrated uh, 24 years married, yay us. And Yay. he just retired uh, almost two years ago from a uh, 26 and a half year career in law enforcement. So I only mention oh, that wow. because it's unique. And for those that are listening that mm -hmm. have lived that life, um, it's nice to know that um, other people have survived it. So um, right? That's yeah, right. and oh, I actually gosh. just went back to work a little bit um, and I have a new job. I'm actually working at a local um, small Christian liberal arts university in admissions. So that's a new adventure oh, for me. Cool. We haven't talked about oh. yeah. No, I didn't even know that. I hear this news while we're recording a podcast. My <laughs> Surprise. <goodness. laughs> Surprise. Yep. But as you oh, mentioned, all awesome. of our kids are pretty much grown and gone and, and living their lives and doing a great job of it. And we're just, we're proud of them and proud to have been uh, given the opportunity to walk alongside them in life. Uh, God is good. So. Mm. I love that. I love that. I, I feel the same way about our homeschooling um, journey and adventure. Um, but mm -hmm. today we're going to be talking about family budgeting because I know you've had to live on a budget as well. Yeah. Um, so um, I just love for you to dive in and just kind of talk about some of the things you wanted to share with the moms. Sure. Well, I think you mentioned the really kind of crucial piece. Uh, of course, this won't be true for everybody, but I think it's more common in homeschool communities than mainstream maybe is just that we most of the time are living on one income because right. somebody's got to be at home doing the homeschooling. Um, and obviously there's exceptions to that, but, um, you know, that creates its own, you know, sort of 
um, environment in today's world. A lot of things, you know, as you look around, a lot of our American culture is not designed to um, exist on one income. <laughs> so no, no, have, it's not. People have expectations and ideas and, you know, there's pressures from lots of places to have certain things and live a certain lifestyle mm-hmm. that isn't mm-hmm. always really possible on one income. So right, it, right. it takes a mind shift a little bit. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that. That's that most, uh, I, I'm, and I believe it's true. Most homeschooling families are on a single income, and they are on a budget, and they're, they have limited financial resources. But I, I really, really think that they have uh, so much to offer their kids. Um, yes, and and I think it's just interesting because there's such an emphasis put on money and finances in mm-hmm. our culture when the mm-hmm. reality is that's not where it's all at, you know, and uh, it, it's helpful. I mean, it's great for putting food on the table and, yep. Yep. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. But, you know, honestly, I, I like I said before, I, I loved the challenge of yep. being able to live on my husband's very modest income yep. and finding different ways that we could save money. It was interesting because yesterday on um, Instagram, I had somebody say to me that they 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 referred to homeschoolers as the privileged and and how and and to you know like the public school system as a safety net for those who were not privileged. And I'm like, hmm. does she realize like what you and I are just talking about right now that most of us are living on a modest income mm-hmm. and we're doing it, you know, and we're giving our kids a great education. And um and it's it's not because we have a ton of money, but it, you know, it might be because we are um budgeting. <laughs> Right, right, and it's, and it's being a philosophy. Good Absolutely, it really and that's, is. Yeah, it, really and is. it is. And so, one thing that um, I know made a big difference for me as a young mom, uh, I learned from my own mom. We lived on very, you know, meager incomes for years. Uh, just, you know, my mom was in school for midwifery, and my dad, you know, just had to pick up a job in whatever city we lived in that had the next step of schooling that she was in, and mm-hmm. those weren't always very lucrative jobs. You know, the ones you can get quickly. And, um, but one thing that my mom excelled at, which I tried to pass on to our kids was there is a difference in sort of the philosophical approach to budgeting between like responsible spending and this state of deprivation. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. it's a little bit of a, you can think of it sort of like a little mind trick, but, um, you know, okay, if you're living on peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, fine. Um, but my mom would always give me the option of what kind of jelly, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. even in a state of, you know, strict budgeting, maintaining that sense of options within that mm-hmm. framework is really mm-hmm. crucial, especially I think as we model for our children what it is to live on a budget, because right. otherwise I think you do see these kind of crazy scenarios where, Mom did a really good job budgeting, but the kids just always felt deprived. And so then when they reach adulthood, they have no sense of handling finances responsibly. They just, you know, go to town anytime they have a dollar in their pocket because they can choose how to spend it. So that was a lot. Go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) Oh, I was just I was just thinking that, um, you know, uh, that can also lead into, um, just this, like you said, you if you go into adulthood with this sort of 
mentality of deprivation, mm-hmm. you can end up making money an idol because you're so right. concerned about not ever having right. enough and it never feels like enough. And then also exactly. the flip side or the, the next step in that is as you're raising your kids, you begin to overindulge them. And you yep. want you think that they have to have everything. And this is this is something that, you know, I, I was actually talking to a mom about this a while back. She was talking about, you know, I I think something along the lines of I want to be able to give them everything I didn't have. And I said, mm-hmm. Do you really? Is that right. really what's best for them? Right. Because I think when our kids understand that it, you know, that it takes work to acquire the things that we have and right. and that's and that's actually a good thing is a good there's a good feeling that comes with earning what you have and earning you know what um what you own and yeah. um not it's biblical yeah exactly <laughs> exactly i think i think really that's what we're saying is it goes back to you know it goes back to you know the lord and his this is right. what he's providing and we are to be stewards of what he's providing Exactly. Yeah, so so true. And so in that in that vein is, you know, that would be my first encouragement slash challenge to, you know, mm-hmm. parents, moms out there is try and make that philosophical shift. Because if budgeting is always about restricting, then and that's the message you're sending to your kids, because they are watching. Man, they are watching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. if it's always about restriction and and limits and deprivation, you're you're building you know, potential for, for that understanding of money to go wrong for them later. So just from from a homeschool mom's heart, keep that part in mind. Cause that's again, yeah. Planning for adulthood. That's right. And that, that feeling that sort of that spirit of deprivation can also really easily mingle with the spirit of fear Yes. And anxiety, and we don't yes. want our kids to associate fear and anxiety with with anything. But particularly today, we're talking about finances, right? Exactly. Um, exactly. You know, understanding God is our provider; He is our provider. And um, I, the thing that I love, and maybe I'm jumping ahead here, but one of the <laughs> things that um, I always would go back to is thinking about the loaves and the fishes. You know, Jesus right. Jesus told the uh, disciples to bring them, bring him what they had, not what they didn't have. He said, right. bring me what you have. And he basically then turned around and multiplied it and made, made it, it enough. more mm-hmm. than enough. And more it than enough. More, yeah. There were leftovers, yeah. you know, leftovers. He, <laughs> you know, so yeah. So anyway, just had to throw yeah. that in there. No, that's, no, that's, that's exactly it. And so, yeah. So, you know, me, am I always about the practical? Um, so, when my husband and I did lots of, you know, work early on in our marriage about finances, it, it you know, no matter who you, you know, there's lots of great resources out there. We could start name dropping and we're old mm-hmm. enough. We'd have, we'd have some names people wouldn't remember. But that's right. Okay. So, <laughs> but um, I think it, it usually, if not always, comes down to it's it's either an income problem or an outgo problem. Right. Mm -hmm. So when you're evaluating your finances, it's one of those two things. And so that means you either figure out a way to bring your spending under control while trying to avoid that deprivation mindset, or Mm -hmm. you figure out a way to increase your income. And that can be Mm -hmm. lots of things. In this day and age, Mm -hmm. I mean, cottage cottage industries are where it's at, man. But oh, yeah, absolutely. Don't also let that become the idol. That's real easy to just replace that for your for Mm -hmm. your homeschooling. Absolutely. And you don't want to do that. Um, right. I think it's, again, a reminder that uh, money saved 
is money earned mm-hmm. also. Right. So that is right. a way to bring that uh, that income level up is, you know, to take that other part down. Um, exactly. If you can. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. So, and on, so then I would add on to that, just speaking from personal experience, um, we love the cash envelope system. Um, and do I still use it? I'll be honest, 20 years in, sure don't. But um, but it's in my head now. We did. Yes, we yes, used a very yes. strict cash envelope system for years. I would say probably we did the same 10, thing. 10 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm, and it just mm-hmm. changes how you spend money when you're actually handing over dollars. And, right. you know, and it's good, again, really good training for your kids to know mm-hmm. that, you know, when they when they receive a paper dollar, it has value because they watch you hand over paper dollars at the store. So right. it's good concrete information for them. And so, we, yeah, we used that for a long time until it was just kind of innate. And, you know, once mm-hmm. it's just locked in there, um, you know, it, it's, you can, if, if you're a person who, you know, does well with that kind of system, you can probably, you know, move on to a more cashless system, but it's still in your brain. Right. But I, and I that would, would also be a- say, go ahead. I was going to say that would be a matter of sitting down and looking at mm-hmm. your income and looking at your expenses yep. and, um, you know, putting a dollar amount on each thing because that's what yes. we had to do to put right. this cash into envelopes. We had yep. to say, well, how much can we spend on groceries? How much can we spend on entertainment? And that was right. one thing we learned with that cash envelope system was don't leave out entertainment. Right. Just, you know, it doesn't have to be a lot. You know, right. maybe you're going to hit the cheap night at the theater once a month, but right. you're still going to give right. yourself that because, again, we don't want that that spirit of deprivation. Exactly. You, you, it has to be sustainable. And I think that is a, a huge word when it comes to our yes. budgets. They have to yes. be sustainable. Like yeah. for a long time, my husband did not understand what – how many groceries we needed. Like (laughs) he wouldn't quite, he would not, I couldn't. And I felt so bad because I couldn't live. I could never keep within the budget he was giving me. And I was so frustrated and I felt like a failure. And he looked at me and he goes, do you just need more money in that section? (laughs) I was like, yes, I need more money in that section. Because I tried every angle and I just, I wasn't, you know, I just, I don't give up easily. But but this was a reality check, you know? Our family was growing and it was time to add more to that envelope. (laughs) Right, right. So, and there are times that you, the thing that I loved about the envelope system is you also can incorporate um, what my husband calls uh, opportunity costs, which you you add. Actually, uh, take part in every single day. Like, I'll give you an example. I didn't understand what this was before he told mm-hmm. me early on mm-hmm. in our marriage. I wanted a latte or something and uh, a, a coffee or something. I said, "Well, it's only three dollars." And he goes, right. well, "If we spend the three dollars here, we mm-hmm. can't spend it over here. So it's up to you. You can decide." So it's right. basically like if I spend it here, I can't spend it here. Right. And so all of a sudden, like you said, those dollars suddenly hold a lot more value and you and there's more consciousness when you're handing them off. Okay, I'm handing this off for this thing and now I probably can't do this thing over here. Right. And uh, so I think that's something to, to keep in mind too is that whole idea of opportunity costs. Absolutely. That's, yeah, that's a really good point because money is finite. And mm-hmm. so w- when you, when you, 
utilize it or, or use it or spend it or waste it in one area, right, then right. you have, you've eliminated your ability to do that elsewhere. And, and maybe right. elsewhere has more value for you. And that's, yes. that's cultivating the spirit of self-control, right? And again, mm-hmm. modeling that for our kids. And, mm-hmm. you know, for a lot of years through, you know, early elementary and middle school years, that's a lot of how I, you know, sort of quote unquote taught my kids about budgeting was really just talking out loud at the grocery right. store. You know, right. where you're saying, right. yes, exactly. You know, we could get the one with the cool, you know, right. cartoon character on the front of, you know, the box of crackers. Right. Or look here is this, you know, off brand that doesn't have a cartoon right. character on it, but it's $2 less. And what right. could we it, do with that $2? I'm laughing because I can totally envision this because I knew you back then. So I'm thinking right. about you standing in the aisle with your kids and I can picture them all, little little kids and you talking uh-huh. out loud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you said that talking out loud, I was like, oh, not Sarah. Sarah no, doesn't talk out no. loud. <laughs> but that's one of the things I, I, I love. It's one of the things I love about Sarah. I've learned a lot from Sarah because she talks out loud all the time. <laughs> yeah, mm, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> all right, I'm sorry. Carry on. Yeah. No, no, that's, it's, no, that's so good. I actually referred to myself the other day to somebody. I said, sometimes I have to remember that um, I'm a, I'm an open book that not everyone wanted to read. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> anyway, so I just All I right. would say t- I would say two more things as we kind of wrap up. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. One is that um, typically in every marriage, and again, there's exceptions, so no hate mail right. to Dorenda, please. But <laughs> typically, <laughs> in every marriage, you have a saver and a spender, mm-hmm. and so. When you sit down with your spouse to do this budget thing, just try and identify, and it's usually pretty easy to identify which is which, and just and be okay owning that because it is it's the balance. My you know, mm-hmm. and it's funny because after so many years, um, I would say that my husband and I we often kind of we will flip, we vacillate depending on what mm-hmm. the situation is, mm-hmm. but we balance each other out in that way. So. Right. Um, but just recognizing which of you is the more natural saver and which one of you is the more natural spender, because sometimes you need to rely on the other person for the strength, whether it's the strength right. to hold back from a purchase or a strength to add some more money to the grocery budget because we just need more money in the grocery budget. <laughs> but right, sometimes right, the saver right. in us is like, no, I'm going to provide all the groceries I need for a family of 10 with $75 a month. Right. And you need the spender right. to say, I think we need right. some more money in that grocery envelope. <laughs> so <laughs> Exactly. You know, just and own your roles. Ca- try be to be okay in your roles. Yes. Mm-hmm. And also recognize that purchases, I think sometimes you can you can uh, you can ask yourself, is this more about quality of life or quantity? You know, are we just looking to add mm-hmm. to the stuff? Or are we? Or is this actually going to, in a positive way, affect our life? Um, in a positive way, you know, on the daily, is this going right. to be an improvement to our life? Because right. those are really, really valuable purchases, I believe. Sure. Um, and you know, you can only use so many things, and that is one thing that I have. Yeah, learned over the years after having moved many, many times and looking at yeah. the things that right. sometimes were purchased that I'm like, we never touched that. And then yet you don't want to get rid of it because you spent money on it. And yet you continue to not touch it because you can only do and use so many things in a day. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, right. it's right. just, it's just right. interesting. And that's, the, the that brings that, up a whole other discussion about stuff sure. versus experiences. 
Right, yeah. right, yeah. right. Exactly. Actually, we're going to talk. I, I think we're going to hit on that a little bit in an upcoming podcast on uh, field trips, budget-friendly fall field trips. Oh, for, indeed. For families. Mm-hmm. So moms be listening mm-hmm. for that. All right, right, Sarah, you have any more great tips for us here? Oh, no, I think my last one is kind of tied into that spender saver analysis, okay. and that is just know your weaknesses. And that mm-hmm. both in mm-hmm. that in those spender saver roles, but also know your weaknesses when you when you go out places. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you've heard the whole the old adage, you know, don't grocery shop when you're hungry. Right. Yes. But yes. also, you know, know your weaknesses. Talking to moms out there. Um, some of us might have weaknesses for retail therapy maybe once a month. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Right. It's kind of a hormonal that, thing. Right. Or, 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 or. <laughs> when you're sad. Oh, no. We can't talk <laughs> about that. No, we can't so talk about that today. fine. <laughs> No, we actually had to decide. Let's just yes. acknowledge that. <laughs> well, we had to decide, Sarah, didn't we? That we had that we weren't going to talk about budgeting when it comes to curriculum because that could be a whole podcast in and of itself. And so, moms, but if you it, do want to hear that, we can <laughs> let us know. We'll we'll have, we'll do a podcast on that. So, I wanted to throw in a couple yeah. of things because a lot of things you said, um, I could completely. I was totally tracking with you, like we did the envelope system thing. But there were a few things I wanted to just mm-hmm. throw out there that uh, were super helpful for us. Just kind of little tips and ways to save money. Um, And most of you may already know this because uh, I'm sure some of you are even, you're better at this than we are. But, you know, sometimes it's great to hear other people's uh, perspectives and different things that they did because it can be inspirational. It also can be a reminder of something you might have forgotten and you'd like to go back to. So uh, some of the things that we did, I love what you said, Mm -hmm. don't shop hungry. Um, you know, I love when I'm out, I love, I love to get a latte or a coffee when I go grocery shopping. Mm. So one of the things that I did was, um, I just bought a latte machine. I spent like 30 bucks and that would have been, you know, maybe 10, I, I, probably less than that now. Or five. Um, maybe, maybe five <laughs> lattes, you know, so I can make my own and put it in a travel uh, mug and take it with me. And wow, I saved a ton of money doing that. So that particular purchase was really great because it wasn't yeah. an, an expensive purchase. One other thing, I think we, uh, I mean, I think we learned this with the envelope system. I'm sure you did too. I mean, that had to do with, um, Making sure I'm totally losing my train of thought here. Give me a second. Uh, it's coming. It's coming. Um, oh, when there's a purchase that's more than a certain amount, it's something you discuss together. That you decide together if you're going to spend that or not. Yes, you know, that a purchase was huge. less. We did. Yeah. That. So, what was mm-hmm. your? Did you have a limit? Uh, did you? Do you remember what your limit was? I mean, can you make a suggestion as to? Is it twenty five dollars? I guess it depends on your budget, really. Um, I think. I think ours was like $25 was our limit. Are you still there, Sarah? Oh, I think I lost her. All right, so I'm going to share a few um I'm going to share a few more ideas. Um, so that was one of them. Maybe have like a $25 cap where you don't make a, a, a dollar decision or a spending decision without talking to your husband and him to you as well if it's over $25 or 50 You can decide what the limit is. But that works really, really well. It keeps us from making a lot of sort of impulsive, um, impulsive uh, you know, purchases. Okay, one of the other things that I did was shop the outer edges of the grocery stores, okay? So when you start to get into some of the um, 
down some of the aisles where there's a lot of extra things that are not um, that are not uh, actually necessary. I don't know if they set up the grocery stores like that anymore, but that's how it was set up back when we were when my kids were younger. So just kind of watch where you're where you're spending your time in the grocery store. Okay. Also. Um, the other thing that I did was I shopped thrift stores. Yes, yes, we're you're back. I'm I'm talking. I've been talking the whole time, so we're good. We're just going to keep recording here. Um, we had a little loss of connection there, moms, but I think we're back together, back. right? <laughs> you got me, Sarah. Okay. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and finish out. Um, Let's go. All right. So the last few ideas, um, talked about shopping the outer edges of the grocery stores. Again, I'm not sure that that's still applicable because the way they used to set it up, all the fluff was in the middle. And now sometimes you got to go down every aisle to get to the canned stuff. So that that may not be as applicable as it used to be. Other thing that I've done is is shop the lost leaders. If you um, look at your grocery store flyers, um, on the front is where they advertise the things that um, are the things that the store is actually losing money on to get you in the store. So once they get you in the store, they know that you'll spend more and it'll make up for whatever they lost and then some. So I I heard a mom say once that she used to just, that's how she made her menu. And we were actually going to talk about menu planning. She would look at those lost leaders and she would make her menu from those lost leaders and um, and saved a ton of money doing that. Now, sometimes couponing can work, um, but it's, it's a little more tricky now, I think. Um, but we'll be talking more about that in our simple meal planning, I think, because we're, we're mm-hmm. probably going to end up Same. tying in uh, dollars into our meal planning as well, because it's one of the reasons we plan meals is so we can save money, right? And so that would be another suggestion. Um, you, you make simple meals. We don't, like, often healthy and simple yes. is the best route to go. You can eat uh, eat things that are in season versus out of season. Right. Um, I usually sh- <laughs> right. shop at least two grocery stores for my produce um, because one is going to have better produce and better prices. And yeah. so just you just learn to kind of keep track of that in your head. Um, but the thrift stores, again, I, I took – your kids can look great in thrift store clothing. Um, you know, Goodwill, uh, yard sailing, did tons of yard sailing. We used to get a lot of our Christmas presents way ahead of time. Um, either we'd see them on sale right. back in you know late summer, early fall, and put them away when we were like, oh, oh yeah, that would be perfect for that kid for Christmas. And this is like one of those lost leader non-food items that's on sale at a certain store that we're just going to go grab. You know, so th- these are just little things you can do to save money. Um, uh, my uh, my son-in-law, they have uh, a credit card that they use. I think it's on Amazon, and it is. It's an right. Amazon. Uh, regular credit card. They use it for a bunch of, you know, just their normal everyday purchases. Like maybe, I don't know what they put on there exactly, but you can put your um, your utilities to go on there automatically, front load that credit card so that when the utilities come out, there's you're not going to get a, a bill from your credit card. So that's something you can do. But when you do that, he racks up points on Amazon. And he, by the end of the year, he has enough points mm-hmm. to buy mm-hmm. most of their Christmas presents. Mm-hmm. So that's another trick that I thought was really great. Um, but the thing about, you know, right. just trusting the Lord, I think that is such a huge part of this. It's a faith factor. Right. Um, 
in recognizing this is what God has provided. And Lord, give us wisdom in how to steward this. So it's really a tangible way to trust the Lord and follow his lead. Um, I remember I shopped thrift stores and garage sales all the time, but I remember when the kids were really little, probably six at home, under nine. And it wasn't that I didn't have the money to go to the thrift stores. I didn't have the time or the energy. And so I was praying. I was like, Lord, I can't. I just can't get there. And these are the things that we need. Could you just somehow help me to get to the store or would you please provide? And my husband and I were out with the kids and we come home and there were like six uh, trash bags full of hand-me-down clothes from somebody. And I still to this day have no idea who put them there. And they pretty much met all of our needs um, that I had on that list. So that was pretty cool. Um, and I think, I think that's the, that's it. That's, you know, that's really mm-hmm. uh, all that I can think of offhand. But Sarah, did you have anything Beautiful. else you wanted to throw in there? Yeah. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. That's good. Practical stuff. I would say, um, we don't carpool enough as a culture, <laughs> you know, um, especially, I mean, cause I, I still, I still live fairly rural. You lived out here for a long time and it adds up even before gas was $5 a gallon. It just adds up. And so, you know, figuring out how to mm-hmm, coordinate mm-hmm. with neighbors and friends and other people, you know, right, it right. used to be pretty normal back yeah. when I was a child. If somebody was going to make a trip half an hour to the nearest grocery store, mm-hmm. they would just exactly. call around to their neighbors. Hey, that I'm is going a whole other town. topic, but a great one. And so, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. oh gosh, that's yeah, interesting because um, you know, I just did a, stuff like I that. And, it's, and when Instagram. you do that. And There's the added benefit of relationship building. The title ditch right? the institution. So that's a whole but other topic. But everything you know, to do with coming, that, that uh, community, back to community, community building, mm-hmm. coming back to yeah. local yeah. versus depending on being so dependent on all these huge institutions that are just they're not they're not promoting community and and that's really where the best life, the quality of life is, is when we're living in community with one another. So I do, I love that idea. And there's so many different ways you could apply that thinking. Right. Mm. Right. Yep. Yep. And I will just tell you that there, absolutely, there is nothing more fun than... Mm -hmm piling all of your kids together in one house with an old enough, you know, kid to babysit <laughs> and two moms running away to the grocery store together and shopping side by side. It, that I didn't get to do that until my right. kids were like high school age, really. And my, my friend that I've done that with the most, we have far too much fun than should be allowed. This is, right. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But, but you right. also, you learn really it's interesting like, it's things. It's like two minds, I have learned you know, like different meal going prep to the grocery store. You, you know, I have you, learned about different stimulating products that I never would have exchanged and for something. Like you when, said, you're, you know, you're learning out of things. This and or, I love that. What a know, great idea. All right. Things. Well, on that it's note, really, we're going to, and yeah, like I bet, I can only imagine. We're going to go ahead and wrap this up and, uh, Thank you, moms, for joining us today. We hope you had mm-hmm. uh, a great mm-hmm. time listening <laughs> to our antics. And also right. just uh, we're able oh, to super pick fun. up a few inspirational, <laughs> encouraging ways uh, to manage your family budget. Um, we're going to go ahead and close in a quick word of prayer. Lord, we just thank you that you are our provider. And we thank you that we don't need to fear the future. 
because you're already there. And so as we do uh, just look at the potential of having to tighten our belts even more in the coming months Mm -hmm. and maybe years, Lord, we ask that you would help us to have a spirit of peace, um, to trust you, to know that um, we we are limited um, in our humanity, but we serve an unlimited God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And so, God, we know that you can provide and that you have provided, um, you are providing and you will provide. So help us to stand firm on that truth. Give us wisdom in uh, being good stewards of what you've given us. And we thank you for your faithfulness in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.